Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Belle Isle Community Church and the Belle Isle live stream. My name is Jim Poling, and our, our service is going to be a little bit different today. You know, uh, here at Belle Isle Community Church, we're all a big family. And I'm not just talking about the, the staff and the pastors and the leadership. I'm talking about all of you. And in families, we have tragedies. And this week, we had a tragedy that shook us to our core. On Wednesday night, Michelle Taylor, a staff member here for more than 20 years, a member for about 40, and her husband, David, you all know David Taylor. He and I share these hosting duties up here along with Hannah and John. They were in a car with their daughter, Lacey, and Lacey's boyfriend, Derek. And this was in Portland, Oregon. And on Wednesday night, they had a horrific traffic accident. Michelle and Lacey died at the scene. Derek and David Taylor are in intensive care at a Eugene, Oregon hospital. This news really punches you in the gut. I don't know any way else to express it. And the people we talked to this week that we had to tell this information to all kind of had the same reaction. They say, I have no words. I don't know what to say. My heart is broken. I can't breathe. Melody and I had kind of the same reaction. You see, Melody and I have been friends with Michelle and David for 38 years. Michelle was like one of the, if not the per first person I met coming into this church through those back doors in 1985. Which brings me to my scripture to open the service with today. And it's Psalm 34, verse 18. And this is from the translation, the message. And I don't normally read from the message, but I am sure you agree that this kind of hits the nail on the head. If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Please keep David and Derek in your prayers today for healing. Please keep the, the Lacey family, which is Michelle's maiden name, the Lacey family and the Taylor family in your prayers as they go through the stages of grief. And now, you know, as you know, uh, Michelle Taylor was our Sunday morning coordinator, and she was the one that told us all what to do, and she used to sit right there in that pew right there, and right now she'd probably be glaring at me saying, you want to wrap this up and get to the prayer? So, Michelle, I'm going to get to the prayer. All right, let us pray. Dear Lord, you are the great comforter, and we need you today for that purpose. Please help the Taylor and Lacey families work through their grief Comfort them and mend their broken hearts. Help us all catch our breath. 
Welcome your servants, Michelle and Lacey, into your heavenly kingdom. And bestow grace and healing on David and Derek as they recover from their injuries and deal with their loss. We ask that you bless this service today. Bless all who are in attendance here in the sanctuary and those watching online. And this we ask through Christ our Lord and all the good people of Belle Isle Community Church said, Amen and Amen. Good morning, church. You know, uh, I was holding it all together until about 15 minutes ago. And uh, it's ironic, actually, because Scott asked me to come up here today uh, for a couple minutes and talk to you about about how you don't have to hold it all together, about how it's okay to not be okay. And he doesn't know this, but it's, it's funny to me anyway, I mean, funny, weird, that when I moved to Orlando back in 2014 and started working as a youth pastor at a church, one of the very first sermons that pastor preached was called, It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And it was one of the most refreshing messages I had ever heard. Because he was real, because he shared with us about all the times that Christ himself hurt. I'm reminded of the story of Lazarus. If you don't know, Lazarus was a, a beloved man by his family and his community, and he passed away. And the family had wanted Jesus to come and, and pray for him because he was sick. And Jesus was, in their minds, late, and Lazarus passed away. And if you know the story, you know that Lazarus eventually is raised from the dead by Jesus, but when Jesus walks into the home and he sees Lazarus' family, you know what he doesn't say? Everything happens for a reason. What does he do? He cries. He knew in five minutes he was about to bring Lazarus back. But he sat in their grief and cried with them. And that is a savior I can follow. It's okay to not be okay. A few months ago, I read this quote, and uh, it stood out to me then, and I've, I've never really had a, a reason to read it until now. It's from a New Testament professor and theologian at uh, Wheaton College. And he said this, when Paul wanted to encourage Christians, he did not say, your breakthrough is right around the corner. He helped them to make sense of their suffering in light of the coming reign of Christ. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him. Sometimes breakthrough doesn't come. Christians get sick. Christians die. We lose a job and we don't get a better one. The resurrection and transformation of all things remains our hope. Not victory over our enemies, but victory over death. The phrase, everything happens for a reason, is nowhere in your Bible. It's a callous thought, and one that Jesus himself never said. 
And so this morning, I don't have any answers. I don't have a way to make everything better. But what I do have, I want to give to you. And it is just this truth that it is okay to hurt right now because I am. And I know Jesus is. I know that even as they welcomed Michelle and Lacey with celebration and a joyous occasion in heaven, he still feels that grief with us. He still feels that pain with us. It's very real. Don't let anyone tell you you can't grieve. Don't let anyone tell you to get over it. Take your time. My biggest prayer for all of us is that we grieve well. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the reminder this morning that I don't have to have an answer and I don't have to hold myself together. I don't have to worry about my composure. I don't have to put on a face. Lord, thank you that you are a God who feels and shares and sits in our grief. Help us to grieve well. Help us to make sense of our suffering. And we cling to you, Jesus, above all, we cling to you. We love you, Lord. We love you. We don't understand this life, but we love you. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Sandra. Kids, can you come up with me? You can come a little closer if you want to. emotions and we feel a lot of emotions there's happiness and gladness there's cheerful there's excited and all of those emotions means our heart is happy but today we're going to talk about being sad okay have any of you had something said to you that really hurt your feelings and made you sad or maybe you had to change schools. I know some of you are going to a new school this year and you're worried you're not gonna see your friends again and that maybe makes you sad. Or maybe a friend moved away and you don't know if you'll ever see that friend again. Well, see, we had our friend move away. She moved away to the best place. She got to move away from here to her new home in heaven. But that doesn't mean we're not sad. And sometimes when we're sad, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to eat. We don't even know what to say or how we're feeling. You might even want to go outside and yell really loud. Or maybe you want to punch your pillow because you get a little bit angry. Those are all normal and those are all okay when you're sad. 
And crying is okay when you're sad. Crying is a way to let all of it out. And if you have ever been told that it's not okay to cry, that you need to be strong, that you need to be brave, or boys don't cry, I'm sorry, because that's not true. You can cry all you want whenever you want. You see, as Pastor John already said, John 11.35 is the smallest verse in the Bible, and all it says is, Jesus cried. Jesus felt sadness. And even though it's a very small verse in the Bible, it's probably the most important because it shows us that Jesus was real, that he was human, that he feels what we feel. He feels sadness when we feel sadness. He feels happiness and gladness and excited when we are. So today, when you go home, or any day, when you're sad, cry all you want. Go to a place all alone if you want. Go outside and scream as loud as you want. Ask mom or dad to hold your pillow and let you hit it at home as hard as you want. Or grab your pillow, or your lovey, or your snuggly, and hold it tight. Because Jesus is with you in your sadness. He is with you when you're crying. And he wants you to know that it's all okay. Can I pray with you guys? Can we fold our hands, kids, and pray? Lord, thank you that you are sad with us. Thank you that you are crying with us. Thank you that you will never leave us, that you will always be with us. And thank you for friends who made an impact and that we will get to see those friends again one day in our new home in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, guys, we're staying in here as a family, so go back and sit with your mom and dads, okay? Well, I, I thought about what I would say uh, before the offertory, and, uh, and I thought back almost 40 years ago when I stood here on this stage and performed the wedding for Michelle and David. Now, you know, when people leave this earth by passing away, uh, my age, we get a tear or two. I hope when I pass away, you'll shed a tear or two, but not much, I hope. But when somebody in their, I think, the prime of life leaves, and especially little Lacey, a kid in my estimation, that hurts. That's tough. Hebrews 13, 16 advises us to not forget to share with others. And we usually say that's uh, attributed to giving in the church. But it also means we share our hurts and our sorrows. So all the tears today that we share here and that 
heart-wrenching. It's not a fear, it's just a grief. And sometimes words only go so far and they fail to comfort. But as the group sang a while ago, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. I hope that this morning you're hurting, I'm hurting, that we can open our lives and say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my heart. Let us pray. As the ushers come now, Lord, I pray that as we share with one another not only our hurts and our fears and tears, but with these tithes, gifts, and offerings, we thank you that you are the only source of true comfort. But you have given us each other and you've told us to love one another. So in love now, we reach out to all of our sisters and brothers and praying, of course, for David and Derek as they're there. We pray for their healing. Pray for Pastor Scott as he uh, goes about his ministry to them. We thank you and give in that spirit as we share with one another. In the name of Christ, amen.
Thank you, Bruce, and uh, the worship team for uh, skillfully leading us today. I didn't really feel like worshiping until we all got together. It's probably a little uh, angry, confused. Uh, upset. I really didn't th think much of worshiping until we all got together and, and uh, there's something powerful. When you kind of lift your head and lift your eyes and in tears begin to, begin to worship and take your eyes off of our pain and, and grief and sorrow and, and put them on Put him on Christ. That song that Bruce just played was written by a guy by the name of Horatio Spatterford. It is well with my soul. Beautiful hymn that was given as a as a as a gift to us. I've always loved the hymns, but I really fell in love with the hymns when for the first time in my life I tasted from the cup of grief. I lived a, a blissful life Never, never faced sorrow, never faced heartache, never faced... I had to deal with it because I was in the ministry, but I really never, never dealt with pain and heartache until our, our son, Austin, was in a tragic accident. And um, <clears throat> people were so kind and, and so nice, and this, this church has been amazing to help us continue to heal. And people sent me scriptures, I mean, just by the thousands. And I've told you this, I, I, really, I really felt bad, but like people were texting scriptures and phoning scriptures and emailing scriptures and Facebook and scriptures and every scripture that was given to me fell flat. And I, I feel bad for saying that because they just didn't do anything for me. And I felt guilty. I felt ashamed that Scripture wasn't doing anything for me. Pray for that little girl right now. She's, <laughs> she says, I don't want to go home. I want to go home. <laughs> so people would send me scriptures, and they just didn't mean anything to me. But what resonated to me, and I'm so thankful, is the hymns of the church. And I sat for hours and hours and hours with my headset on in a waiting room, 
and all I listened to was hymns. Great is thy faithfulness. A mighty fortress is our God. It is well with my soul. Horatio, who wrote that hymn, lost four daughters and a wife in one night. And what a lot of people don't know is he also lost another son and he lost his business. And in spite of that pain, he was able to say, it is well with my soul. Listen, we're not going to we're not going to solve the thing you're grieving with right now. We're not going to be able to answer that question right now. This is way too early, way too short a time. We just found out what happened to Lacey and Michelle and David and Derek just a few days ago, and, and, and no one's going to have the answer, and I'm not going to put myself in, in, under the pressure of having to answer every question that you have. But I do know this. It is well. And in the midst of our grief and our pain and our heartache and our sorrow and our anger and our questions, I, I want you to leave today with a little bit of hope. Because the Bible does say that as believers, we can grieve. And in our grief, there's a little bit of hope. There's hope. I want to read just one verse of Scripture with you, and then, and then I've, got to, I've got to catch a flight 145 to go be with David. I have been haunted by the image that David is in ICU by himself. And this family is not going to allow anybody to be in ICU by themselves, and so I'm flying up to Eugene, Oregon on flight Delta... Delta 1215 at 145. So let me read this verse of Scripture. You've heard it, and I just want to hopefully give you a little bit of hope in the midst of our grief. If you're with me this morning, let me hear an amen. amen. Therefore, in order from, to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn. Three times I pleaded for the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. What was, what was Paul saying there? He was saying, it is, it is well with my soul. Paul was given a, a thorn. No one likes thorns. Thorns bring pain. But pain sometimes is good because when we are in pain, Christ's power is with us. So I found out on Thursday about Michelle's 
and, and David's and Derek's and Lacey's accident, and, and I immediately moved into pastor mode. I ran up here to the church, and I started to answer questions, and we met with the staff and cried with the staff and contacted the leadership team, and I was, I was doing, I was an autopilot. And I was just trying to handle the situation, trying to handle all the different emotions and trying to deal with all the stuff that you got to deal with all day Thursday. Then all day Friday, I was dealing with the family and I was dealing with the logistics and trying to deal with that. And then Saturday, for the first few moments, I started to get in touch with my grief. And And it was a a bittersweet day because on one side of the of my life my daughter Amanda was having a baby shower and celebrating an incredible day for our family and thank God I wasn't invited to go to the shower I had to pay for it but I wasn't invited and so my wife and all our friends and family was celebrating an incredible day, and so I was really, really happy. Yet inside of me, I was very discouraged and upset and angry, mad and confused. So I did what, what, what I think I was the only person in the state of Florida that did this yesterday. I went out and worked on my yard for a few hours. <laughs> and I encountered a bougainvillea plant that I planted in my yard a few years ago that is filled with thorns. In fact, I, I brought part of the thorn to prove to you that when I, in my sandals, went to trim the bougainvillea bush, that big thorn right there went right through the sandal into my foot. Thorns are painful. No one likes pain. Some can tolerate more pain than others, but no one likes pain. And Paul was writing to us in 2 Corinthians, he was saying, God, I've got this thorn, and I'm asking you to take it away from me. I don't know what your thorn is today. For those of you that have been around this church for a while, I mean, it's, it's obvious your thorn is an incredible loss that we are experiencing, and it's painful, and it hurts, and there's no easy answer, and I can't tell you when the pain's going to go away. I don't even know that I can tell you how to get rid of the pain. But Paul said, I've got a thorn in my foot, and it's, it's to keep me from being conceited. See, we all think that we know how the world should run. And we all think that we know what's best. And we know when people ought to be born and when people ought to die. And we all are arrogant enough to think that we can control the world. And Paul said, in order to keep me humble... I was given a a thorn. And I cried three times, Lord, take it away. God, I don't like this. 
This sucks. Why me? And in the midst of all that pain, God says something that's really, really powerful that I want to leave you with today. He says, I'm not going to take the thorn away. The pain may never leave, but he says, my grace is sufficient for you. See, when, when pain is embraced, grace is activated. I want you to hear that one more time. When pain is accepted, grace is released. And God says to all of us today, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your heartache, in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your grief, I can't take the thorn away, but I will release grace to you. My grace is sufficient. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what the end result is, but I do know this. God gives us grace so that we will trust in him. And when we are weak, we're really strong. And what I'm praying for you today as I get on that flight in just a few minutes, I'm going to pray that God would release grace to you. Grace to be mad. Grace to be angry. Grace to be heart grieved and heartbroken and painful and fearful and whatever those emotions are going on in your life. And in the midst of all that pain, he's not going to take it away, but he will say, my grace is sufficient for you because when you're weak, then I'm strong. So I would say to you today, embrace your weakness. Embrace your thorn. Embrace your heartache because when you do, grace is activated to be sufficient for you. And you, like Horatio Spatterford, can say, in the midst of my pain and my heartache and my anger, it is well. My grace is sufficient. Would you bow your hearts with me and let's pray together? I want to thank Pat Strickland and, and, and the, I know the Richter family for filling this seat with beautiful flowers. Nobody will ever be able to fill that seat like Michelle. No one. She was an incredible gift to her family, who's some here today. Incredible gift to David, incredible gift to her kids, incredible gift to this church, incredible gift to our community. And we will never be able to fill that seat. But we're going to get through it. All is well. My grace is sufficient for you. Let's pray. Father, Some of us are really tired of grieving. We're tired of heartache. We're tired of disappointment. And in the midst of all these emotions that are going on in our heart and our life, 
we do look to that name that is above all names to help us in our time of grief. You may not be able to take the thorn out, but you can release a measure of grace to help us so that when we are weak, we are strong. So Lord, I pray for Belisle Community Church today that they will embrace the thorn, they will embrace the heartache, they will embrace the sorrow, and in spite of that, still have the ability to say, it is well with my soul, my grace is sufficient, and tap into that grace that is available. We're grateful for it today. We pray for the entire Taylor family and Lacey family and Derek's family, and we pray that you would surround them with your love and your peace during these difficult days. God, give me the ability to, to, to sit down with David tonight and speak hope and life and blessing into his heart as he is suffering. We can't do it in our own power, but when we, when we are weak, then we are strong. We're grateful for that today in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen.